Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Studio Day Heffrey, countdown to Cowboys training camp, where I have booked my flights as of today. So from July 27th to August 7th, you will get a daily video from Rachia with a Cowboys practice report to let you know the very latest of everything that's going on with them. This content is brought to you by my partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, next season's early NFL futures, and with training camp right around the corner. Guess what? Bet Online's opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. To get the bonus and get into the action, bet online where the game starts. Hey, everybody! It's good to see you guys. I asked for some questions earlier on the Twitter, where you can find me at what's my Twitter handle? I think it's at Time for Jeffrey. I changed it because I quit that one job. Yeah, at Time for Jeffrey. I'm on Instagram at Time for Jeffrey. J E F F R E Y. Yeah. Look at Kilgore! Yeah! And the super chat. Running out of questions. So training camp not sleeping on the floor fund. Here's the good news. David Hellman has two beds in his room. What up? I'll provide the rental car and buy him beer. And I'll have a bed. It's going to be kick-ass. Okay. A couple of things that people have already asked me today that I did want to talk about because I thought they were good questions. Include... Where'd they go? Predict the young player that Cowboy fans will be buzzing about in two weeks. And I want yours in the chat. Two weeks from now, I'm at camp, and people are talking up which player that is impressing everybody. Candidates off the top of my head are Jalen Tolbert, your third-round wide receiver. I guess you have to throw in Tyler Smith, your first-round left guard, and Sam Williams, your second round defensive end. But the name that's jumping in my head is actually Osa Odigizuwa. Kind of hoping to see Osa show up and look good. Like Osa started off the year at defensive tackle, leading rookies in pressures and was just, he was doing really nice work as a pass rusher. And then as tends to happen with rookies, especially along the defensive line, kind of tapered off. I would like to see it be Osa Odigizuwa. Although, if we're honest with ourselves, don't we all hope that it's your draft picks? You just want rookies to show up and start smashing. Like, oh, Tyler Smith is dominating, and Sam Williams is out here kicking the offensive tackle's butts, and Jalen Tolbert's out here routing dudes up. Uh, those guys. Kelvin Joseph is a candidate, although just talking about him still seems strange. We'll see what happens there. Other young players. Is Terrence Steele a young player? How he does is pretty darn important. You're going to need a nice year at him. Chauncey Golston, I love that one. I'll be interested to see what Chauncey's role is. The way I understand it, he might have put on some weight, and he might doing, be doing a little bit of defensive end and a little bit of defensive tackle. But Chauncey Golston was one of those guys that when, I draft, when they drafted him, I was happy. I like Chauncey Golston. His game's kind of like Tanks, where he's never going to be the hyper-athletic pass rusher, but he'll be a power player that's effective against the run and has a little something to get to the quarterback. 
Steven. Why is it always going to be about Zeke? Zeke is still good to me, bro, Jeff. Zeke's fine. But like the thing that came out the other day, they've been doing every position, like the NFL execs and coaches and players or whatever vote on the top 10. Zeke wasn't a top 10 running back because he's not. And that's okay. Zeke's good. He's a good player. Jeff, I want to see more jumbo package this year. TX Boss 23 in the Super Chat. What's the point of running it two or three times a game? I feel like it was pretty effective. Why not run it for a series once or twice a game? I don't hate that idea. When you put giant people in the backfield, like if your tight ends can't block uh, and you want to throw an extra offensive lineman out there, if you want to throw an offensive lineman in the backfield, I did like when they had the two giant folks in the backfield. But I think what that comes down to really is what does the other team do about it? Like if I play something that's really jumbo with six or seven offensive linemen on the field and you play that as if I'm doing it to run the ball and it gives me an opportunity that I like to throw the ball, then that's fun. Or if you play it like I'm going to throw the ball and I like my matchups running the ball, then that's fun. But if you do it and it just doesn't look like it's giving you the advantages you want wherever you wanted it, then I just don't know that there is a point to it. But especially on a team that the wide receiver room early in the year is not going to be great. You got one, I think, decent tight end. If you want to play with extra offensive linemen and just see what defenses do and have some fun with that, that'd be fun. Vance, Ridgeway is going to be a cult hero after starting a fight in the joint practice. Also, better burritos, California or Texas. I'm a meat and cheese guy on tacos and burritos, so it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, you can throw some rice in there. But I don't like a lot of the things that go into a burrito, so I am the wrong guy to ask. And yes, John Ridgeway will start a fight in the joint practice. He'll probably start a fight in regular practice. So probably the way that that's going to go. Abraham, Jeff, can Zeke have another 1,000-yard season? Sure, there's 17 games. What does that work out to? Less than 60 yards a game? It doesn't take much to have a 1,000-yard season. 1,000-yard season ain't nothing to scream about. And I don't even care about yards. I think that's the dumbest thing with running backs. If you average four yards a carry and you have 1,300 yards, you weren't kicking ass. You got the ball a lot. Get me 1,000 yards the way Nick Chubb does it. Get me five yards a carry. You're kicking ass. You're out there getting 3.8, but I gave it to you. Like, didn't Derek... Hold on, let me look up Derek Henry season. The last couple have been good, but I think once upon a time, didn't he? No, he's always been over four. I was thinking he might have had one of those. Oh, Derrick Henry's getting five yards a pop, 1,500, 2,000. That's five, over five yards a pop. That's running the ball. I don't give a crap what you do at four yards a carry. When it comes to pure ceiling, who has the highest out of this draft class? Probably Tyler Smith, your first rounder. I mean, you just want to talk about size, athletic ability, and power? He got it. You get him cleaned up. You got something with Tyler Smith, and he's working with, I think, Duke Mannyweather now, who is an incredible offensive line developer. Um, so that could be really, really good for him. All right, where was the other questions? Who is wide receiver two until Michael Gallup returns? James Washington or Jalen Tolbert? Okay. Probably talked about this a lot, and we're probably going to talk about this a lot. I'm really surprised the Cowboys are good with what they have at wide receiver. I know there is a group of the fan base out there that thinks that James Washington is a capable or good NFL starter. And I would just point you to his contract. He got a one-year, $1.1 million deal. That's basically league minimum. 
that ain't paying for an NFL starter. So I'm surprised that the Cowboys are willing to go into a season with CeeDee Lamb, a third-round pick who hasn't played NFL football, and a journeyman wide receiver making league minimum, and that they're comfortable with that. That is surprising to me. That is surprising to me. Throw another vet in the mix. Will Fuller, Julio Jones. There are guys out there. Let me just look up the names. Best available free agent wide receivers. Let's see here. This is the ones who are signed. I don't care about that. Oh, here we go. Available players. Uh, Manuel Sanders is old. Cole Beasley, I don't know if they want a slot-only guy. So when I look at the list of available wide receivers, I've got to really think it's Julio Jones and Will Fuller. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe T.Y. Hilton. I wish Odell Beckham wasn't hurt. There's not a lot of names out there, but I'm surprised they let themselves get to this point with what they got in that room. And I think I know why. I think they're doing it because the way they picture it is their third-round wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. That's their three wide receivers, and they're not willing to alter that for you know, one month that Michael Gallup might miss. Man, the passing offense is so important in the NFL. The idea that you're going to go into it where you're going, oh, that guy's not really an NFL starter, but he can start for a month. And that guy hadn't played in the NFL yet, but he'll be great. And we got CD, Dalton Schultz. But Dalton Schultz can have 100 catches. Dalton Schultz can have 100 catches. I don't know if I have Cash App, Jacob. I'm on Venmo. You just want to give me money? I'll take it. I'll accept it. Faux show. Oh, and to answer that, I do think Jalen Tolbert is wide receiver too until Michael Gallup returns. I believe that Jalen Tolbert today is a better player than James Washington. I believe that. And I'm okay with people who don't, but I just I point you back over and over. The wide receiver market is huge now. The really good ones get $30 million. The good ones get $20 million. James Washington got one. One. I think a third-round pick that I... Liked his tape. I think he's better today. And he will be wide receiver too. But that is so much pressure to put on a third-round rookie and a journeyman that our passing game is going to revolve around two of the four main parts. Because I would say Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, numbers probably one and two. And the other two, one's never played in the NFL and one's not really a starter. What are y'all doing, Cowboys? Go sign Julio Jones. Let's just see. Let's see. It's a great day to sign Julio Jones. Just see. Sign Will Fuller, too. I don't care. Kurt, do you think the Cowboys will add another starting caliber wide receiver? No, I don't, but I hope they do. Boy, do I hope they do. Because then if Jalen Tolbert's amazing and he forces his way onto the field all the time, great. And if he's not, and you have a veteran who's a proven NFL starter, great. You got $23 million laying around? Get one of them. Do it. Let's see. Tony Hughes. What wide receiver would you bring in? The rest of the market is old or injury prone. That's what I bring in. One of the older injury prone. That's what I would bring in. Because now what happens if one of yours gets hurt? Noah Brown? Playing 80% of the offensive snaps? Semi Fihoko? Vasher? 
Look at Vach Lombardi in the chat. But Vach, how many targets will Tolbert get a game? Six-ish, maybe seven. Okay, let's think about this. You're going to throw the you're going to throw the ball thirty times a game. A lot of times you throw it way more than that, maybe thirty-five. I have to look up the average. But if CD doesn't get nine or ten targets a game, you're failing. You know Schultz is going to get seven or eight. Yeah, like Tober could be set up for a big stat line because even if you do five targets a game, 17, 34, 68, and 17 is 85. That's 85 targets. Five or six targets a game. He could be a 90 to 100 target guy this year. That's a lot. That's a lot. Make sure you're following Vach Lombardi, who's in the chat right now. He's a sweet, sweet man. A hell of a Cowboys man. He talks crap to Colin Cowherd all the time, which I appreciate. Record prediction, 10 and 7. Maybe 11 and 6. I think when we went through it, I did 11 and 6. The schedule's so easy. But this is not the best Cowboys roster we've seen. The young guys are going to have to get better. We're going to have to see some big progress from the young folks. Besides Curse, who will be the starting safety or safeties from Dante? That is Malik Hooker. And that is the position group that's got the chance to be sneaky good. Malik Hooker, as the season went on, as your free safety, got more and more snaps from DeMonte Casey, played better and better. I was impressed with the way he played the run, the way he was tackling. And Jaron Curse had an incredible year. Your safeties might be pretty good. Your corners aren't bad either. Linebacker depth is iffy. Defensive line depth is, you got, you got edge guys. Defensive tackle group, you'll need to play. You'll need them to play well. Book is out on Dak. Don't blitz him to Sky Zone and watch him crumble. No, the book is out on Dak when Dak is hurt. Anybody who tells you the book is out on Dak or Dak's not good or Dak's not accurate or Dak can't read a defense, I think I tweeted this, but just immediately dismiss them as talking to you about sports because they don't know what they're talking about. Now, if they say Dak's not a top seven quarterback, you guys can fight if you want. You can have a great time debating it. Maybe even top eight or nine. You can have a great time debating it. But if anybody starts with the point of he can't read a defense, he doesn't know how to make the decisions, he doesn't throw an accurate football, you can just dismiss them and move on with your day. What is Donovan Wilson's role on this team now? Special teams, backup safety. Special teams, backup safety. That'll be his role. Was there anything else I wanted to do? What would it take to get Debo? A different front office. The thing about Debo is if you traded for Debo Samuel, who's incredible, but the reason Debo Samuel wants to get traded, how do you stop Dak Prescott then, Jeff? Uh, have a better team than his team. Or have him be hurt. What do, you, what do you want? Name one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football, and if you want to pretend that they have these giant fatal flaws and that they're never going to win, you're a crazy person. I just don't understand it. Which, who's somebody that you rank right by Dak? And then tell me why he sucks. It's a weird game people play. Such a weird game. How do you stop Dak? Have a better team. Play better than him that day. Do it that way. If you cut Zeke, which they will, would you re-sign Pollard for two years and $8 million? Absolutely. That's $4 million a year? Hell yes. That'll be the most interesting thing. Have they learned anything about running back, or are they going to cut Zeke and then pay Pollard? And how do I feel about that? I don't even know how I feel about that because I love Tony Pollard, but once you have paid a running back, I no longer love that running back. Tolbert's third rounder. He's not about to have an 80-catch season as a rookie. Way more like 50 for five or 600 yards. I agree with that, 
just generally speaking. But then you think about it on a game-by-game basis, and you just think about it realistically. The Cowboys, like every other team, are going to have three wide receivers on the field at least 70% of the time. And for the first at least four weeks, he will be one of those three. And then when Michael Gallup gets back, I believe he'll still be one of those three. I don't see how he ends up with less than 80 or 90 targets unless he gets hurt. Anthony in the super chat, Whataburger super chat before you're in California. Number five with grilled onions and grilled jalapenos. Go Cowboys. Appreciate you, Anthony. You're a beast. He could have 80 catches this season, but that's the thing about football is where people, you, you assume that whatever a stat line is for a player, that means that that's how good they are or aren't. Like, oh man, Jalen Tolbert had a horrible rookie year. He had 42 catches. Man, Jalen Tolbert's incredible. He had 80 catches. If you're on the field a bunch and you get a bunch of opportunities, your stat line depends on it. You could be on, it's like the NBA. You can be on a crappy team and get 20 a night. It doesn't mean you're a great player. It means somebody had to score the points. Will Tolbert's rookie year be better or worse than Gallup's rookie year? Let me see. Michael Gallup. So the 20, let me see here, because that would be his rookie year was 2018. Stats. All right, his rookie year was 2018, and I need the 2018 Dallas Cowboys stats because I need to see the rest of his receiving core. Michael Gallup as a rookie, the receiving group around him was half of the year Amari Cooper. It was Alan Hearns. It was Bryce Butler. Tavon Austin. Yeesh, hold on. They're sort of by receiving yards. Boop. Amari Cooper. Okay, Cole. Cole Beasley. So starting the year, it was Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup, and Alan Hearns. Boy, I cannot believe he didn't get more targets of the year. And Michael Gallup in that year had 68 targets, caught 33 of them. That ain't very efficient. That would be bad. Uh, Tolbert will have a bigger rookie year than Michael Gallup. He had 33 for 507 and two touchdowns. He'll go bigger than that. He'll have at least 50 catches. Unless he gets hurt or something weird happens. He's going to play. He's going to play a bunch. Cedric went 61 for 45 catches, 602 yards, and six TDs. Tolbert can beat that. Yeah. Oh, here's Roger with another Dak stat for you. Kind of like Dak. How Dak gets stats, check down Charlie, racks up stats after the game is decided. There's literally ways to track every single one of those statements, and they're all wrong. But you can just say them. That's what people like to do. Just say stuff. Check down Charlie. Oh, wait. Why is this in... Intended air yards high. Wait, why is his yards per attempt high? Because you tell me that they just run short stop routes, so there's really no yak, and they only run the short stop routes, and Dak's inaccurate, and he's a check down Charlie, and yet his yards per attempt is good. What happened here? I don't know. It's very tiring. It's very tiring. All right, I think I'm do I have anything else I want to do today? When is Hellman going to drop something? I told that MFR he better drop something before we get to Oxnard. I told him he needs to do like an Ask Me Anything. He's got to do something to put his channel out there. He's got to do that. 
took over a season for Dak and Gallup to really start clicking. It'll take a while for connection with Tolbert too. Here's the thing about that. I think the connection with Tolbert will actually be easier because Gallup, their games are a little bit different. Like Gallup is a more probably physical presence in terms of wrestling with people at the line of scrimmage and like winning at the catch point and like he'll physical with you. And Tolbert has some of that, but I think he's a better natural separator. And if you just look on the internet, Dak and Tolbert and a bunch of these guys have been working together a ton already. That's another thing that's working against James Washington. When you're talking about who's going to be the number two wide receiver for the Cowboys until Gallup gets back. Well, the third round pick is hanging out with Dak, throwing with Dak, was at the uh, mini camp, running routes with Dak. James Washington really hasn't yet. Hey, Jeff, when does Oxnard start again? I'm getting there July 27th. I believe they open camp July 26th. So we're like a week away, a week and a day. Offense looked terrible after Des before Amari. Need to avoid that. See, but I think you do have your number one. CeeDee Lamb's a number one. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. That dude is a number one. But the rest of the group, journeyman league minimum guy and third round pick. I love the third round pick. I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. I just need to, I need to add a guy. Add a guy. Maybe it's just me, but I think it's going to take a while for Tolbert to adjust to competition level. South Alabama and NFL is worlds apart. That is very true. The one thing I would say in his defense there is that is the beauty of the Senior Bowl. When you can be a guy that went to South Alabama, you show up at the Senior Bowl, and you're going against guys who are going to be day two, day three NFL picks that played at Bama and LSU and Auburn and Florida and whatever, and you still stand out, that helps. It helps you feel a little bit better. Jeff, how good is the food the Cowboys serve the players? I'm sure it's fine. I don't get to eat it, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Who will be our tight end number two? Sean McEwen, Jeremy Sprinkle, or Jake Ferguson? Hopefully, as the year goes along, it's Jake Ferguson. I think the Cowboys' plan is for Jake Ferguson to be tight end one a year from now. So, take that for what you will, but I think that that's their plan. If Tyron gets hurt again, which is going to happen, and it ain't going to matter what the wide receivers are doing, you drafted a first-round guy that played left tackle in college last year. Hey, Jeff, what do you think is Mike McCarthy's greatest quality as a head coach? See, I know where that's coming from. That is coming from a place of hating. I know where that's coming from. What do you think his greatest quality is? I think the thing about NFL head coaches is unless they are the play caller or the offensive designer guru man, you don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis. So whoever calls the plays, you can go, oh, he called the plays. Um, but outside of that, We don't know, but the idea that the head coach who literally is top to bottom designing, how is practice going to go? What time are we going to do things like literally controls everything top to bottom? The idea that because he doesn't call plays, he's a bad head coach is weird to me. It's weird to me. He is a capable play caller. He's a good offensive mind. We don't know the exact amount of input of play design and implementation. We don't know those things because we're not in the room every day. But the idea that a guy's a bad head coach because he doesn't call plays or whatever narratives people have started talking about him, to me, Mike McCarthy seems fine. He seems fine. Now, if you want to hold the Cowboys to the standard of, I want you to have the best head coach on the planet because your franchise is worth the most, and you want to claim that you care about winning the most, go money whip the best head coach on the planet with $20 million a year, 
I can get on board with that, but I can also tell you, I know how the Jones family operates and the Jones family is one of those. It's like, Hey, we're here for uh, the league as well as ourselves and how much money we can all make. So we ain't going to be the ones that crank up the coaches salaries. So they can be a tough team to root for sometimes. They show can. Have you noticed that Stephen Jones developed a fat turkey neck? I mean, they eat healthy. They eat good. They eat good. Why wasn't Tolbert more connected to Dallas before the draft? Never heard his name mentioned with Dallas. Were you here? Were you here watching this guy? I don't know that they ever had a huge connection, but I talked about him. I like that dude. Is Micah Parsons durable enough to be elite? Yeah. Has he been hurt? Yeah. Going to agree with Vach on Mike McCarthy. He's making sure this is a tough-nosed football team. Yeah, I think he brings some of that. That continues to hold the ball with receivers running open across the middle, then checks down to Zeke, probably the slowest player on offensive shoulders. That's not true either. I mean, I got no problem with criticism of any player, but when we can prove that it's wrong, yeah, chill out. If he was holding the ball while somebody was butt naked all the time, then his time to throw would be high. And if his time to throw was low, you'd call him a check down Charlie anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Jeff, how excited are you for the new Lord of the Rings series, and when will Tolkien Cowboys start? Hellman and I are committed to this. We're doing Tolkien Cowboys, where you'll get a piece of Cowboys news or opinion and then a review of the Lord of the Rings show that's starting in September 2nd, so that'll be starting in the next three weeks or so. So none of these comments in the chat are true. Lots of them are. Got lots of good comments. Hello, Jeff. Enjoy everything you do. Realistically, how many more wins could Sean Payton get out of this team? Or are we just dreaming that he's the future coaching answer here? I will say one. I will say one. I like Sean Payton. I wouldn't doubt if Sean Payton, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sean Payton is the head coach of this football team next year. I think Mike McCarthy's in a really weird spot where the owner keeps talking about a coach who's not the coach here, and it's got to be annoying as hell. Uh, but so what? Go do your job. Go win the division. Go win playoff games. And if not, just know that Jerry's going to try to get Sean Payton most likely. And it's very possible that Sean Payton's going to actually tell Jerry to go away because Sean Payton loves attention. He loves feeling wanted, and he loves attention. So there is a chance that he'll come back to coaching and it won't be with the Cowboys because one thing Sean Payton wants if he's going to coach an NFL team is personnel control. Think Jerry's giving that up? <laughs> First year without COVID craziness for McCarthy. I think that helps with the team's chemistry. Zoom meetings can't match real practice. I agree with that. Jeff, do you think George R. R. Martin will ever finish a song of ice and fire? No chance. What role will Malik Jefferson have on the team? He might make the team. And if he does, he'll be the fifth linebacker. He picked the right place to sign because from Malik Jefferson, who shout out to, what was he, Mesquite Poteet? Five-star, UT, but it couldn't even get on the field with the Colts last year. He picked the right team to come to, though. Hometown, and you've got two linebackers who have proven anything, Parsons and Van Der Esch. You got Jabril Cox, who you have hopes for. I do. You have Luke Gifford, who's backup special teamer. There's going to be more than four that make the team, so he's got a chance. He has got himself a chance. Did you ever find a sponsor for Cali? I did. I found a sponsor, and I may have another sponsor. But if you're out there and you're filthy rich and you want to sponsor my trip as well, I'll accept your money. 
Are you and Votch going to do ScoutCast last year, next year? Yes. Jeff, a lot of people think Tristan Hill doesn't make this team, but with how injuries hurt the D-line last year, I could see him staying for depth. Uh, possible. He's on the bubble, though. Let me get all the interior names because with the Cowboys, what are they going to keep? Four D tackles. Um, so give me just the D tackles. I think they're going to keep Oso Digizua, Neville Gallimore, probably Carlos Watkins. Then you got Quentin Bohana, Tristan Hill. Oh, they'll keep John Ridgeway's fourth round pick. Yeah, there's a de- I think there's a decent chance that Tristan Hill is getting squeezed out this year. Because I don't think you're going to keep five true defensive tackles. You probably keep four. Chauncey Golston maybe getting ready to play some of that. And then you've got Ridgeway, Watkins, Gallimore, Odigizuwa. That may be your defensive tackle group. Jeff, I always wanted to know who's your favorite player on this team. Yeah, Bohana's on watch too because he ain't a draft pick anymore. They just picked a new one. My favorite player on this team right now might be J-Ron Curse. He was unproven. He went and earned it. He talked shit on Twitter. Might be J-Ron Curse at the moment. Like Pollard. Like CD. Oh, everybody's favorite is Parsons. Everybody's. Everybody's Jeff looks 10 years younger minus the radio life. Yeah. Getting rid of the biggest stress of your life turns out is good for you, but don't do it. Don't quit your job unless you have a plan. I did have a plan. The plan's still happening. Still developing too. This D line is a low key strength. It could be like your edge guys, right? Tank Lawrence is really, really good. When Micah Parsons is playing the edge, you have an incredible edge group. When he's not, what is Sam Williams? What is Dorrance Armstrong? And what is Dante Fowler? Chauncey Golston in the mix there. Defensive tackles are going to have to prove it. Osa had a nice start. Neville Galmore's had good moments. John Ridgeway, we know nothing about so far as an NFL player. And Carlos Watkins is, eh, I'm out here, I'm okay. Jeff, what did you think of Stranger Things 4? Pretty good. I'll tell you what made me mad about Stranger Things 4 is I didn't realize that the second half of season four was only going to be two episodes. Like a lot of people were mad that it was an hour and a half and then a two and a half hour episode. I wasn't mad. I was enjoying watching. And then the second episode of a half season ends and the story's clearly not over. And I'm like, where the hell is the next button? And it wasn't there. There was no next button. We have to wait until season five. Also a solid pick. What would Eric say? Donovan Wilson. The thing about Donovan Wilson is how can he be one of your favorite players when he doesn't play much? You know? Best advice you could give someone starting a podcast. Uh, Get on Twitter if you're not already. And send tweets to anyone with a following whose work you enjoy and ask them to come on. Because you'll get a lot of no's and you'll get ignored a lot. But you might get some yeses. And that can help with reach if you can get somebody on and you can talk about how wonderful they are and then if maybe they'll share it. Uh, and then the other thing is, if you're serious about wanting to podcast, I would make sure that you have a topic that you're passionate about and that you know there is a market for and then do it consistently. That is what I would say. Jeff, have you seen The Boys on Prime? Crazy good. The Boys is disturbing to me. 
So many of my friends watch it. And so I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And I'm watching the boys. It is so disturbing. So disturbing. Breast milk for an adult superhero? Being obsessed with it and being weird about it? Dude making love to an octopus? What are we doing? What are we doing? Everybody likes it. I could see that in the real world, if there were superheroes, that they would have real weird stuff going on because they'd be super cocky and entitled. I could see that a little bit. Jeff, is that a little gray hair I see? Yes. Especially on the, like, here's. On the here's. We get a little bit of it. It's unfortunate. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. It's Countdown to Cowboys Camp. We're almost there. I'll be there on the 27th through August 7th, and it's going to kick ass. Coverage. I don't know if the team's going to kick ass. This was brought to you by my friends at Bet Online, and remember that I love you and to be cool to everyone because you have no idea what anyone is going through. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 